afternoon and welcome to our fourth app session. How many of you guys are having a good time so far? Good, guys. How many of you have at least five things you know you need to go home and work on? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't, uh, just look on the person next to you. They have five things that they're working on. Steal theirs. It's all good stuff. Everything. Um, my name is Jerry Schaefer. I am the pastor of The Well. That is a church in the western suburbs of Chicago. And uh, we've been a member of ARC since 2004. We're actually the 54th uh, well plant. And so we just, we love the ARC. We believe in the ARC with all our heart. But here's what we did. We joined ARC back in 2004 and then went out and tried to lone wolf it again. And so we actually wasted about another five years trying to figure out things on our own when we were in a family that had a lot of things already sorted out for us. And so here's the danger that we sometimes get in our heads is that we think because we came to the conference or because we're reading the literature or because we're members on the, uh, on, on the webpage that somehow that means we're really in relationship with people and it's not. And so one of the things that Randy said that was so important to us in the last main session is the level of our, of our, of our relation, the level of our intimacy, the level of the value that we're going to draw out of a relationship is directly connected to the level of our pursuit. So I want to encourage you that if you've made the ark your home, that you need to be digging in and finding other ark pastors, other ark churches in your area, and you need to be finding ways to be meeting with them on a monthly basis, having regular phone calls, find those guys and those ladies who are just absolutely doing it at an incredibly high level, and don't allow intimidation or fear or comparison to keep you from going and getting what your people need. Because remember, you are where you are because God loves your city and because he counted you worthy and faithful. So God's got a big plan for your life. Now, with that said, we need to open our front door as wide as we can because sometimes we're nailing down the processes on the inside, but we don't realize that we still have not opened the doors and built the bridges to actually drive the people in. And so today in this session, it's all about figuring out how to really build our bridges and open up our front door to make the largest possible impact in the community around us. So everyone grab your smartphone, everyone your smartphone. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys use Facebook? All right, those are all people over 50. How many of you use uh, Instagram or Snapchat? Yep, there's all the, the teenagers right there. And so we're all using social media in different ways, but the thing that we've learned is that social media is incredibly important. And so it's not just if we're using it, it's how we're using it. And so today, uh, Stephen Brewster, amazing guy, he, uh, he started off in the music industry, so he understands branding, he understands marketing, especially to younger people. Uh, got to start. The church stole him out of the marketplace, and he's worked on multiple uh, multi-site campuses, including Crosspoint. Now he and his wife live in Nashville with their four amazing kids, and he does consulting with executive multi-site teams, executive church teams, but mostly he helps them understand marketing in a social market. So let's give it up for Stephen Brewster. How you guys doing? You guys good? You came back after lunch. That's like a... That's an arc miracle on its own. But lunch, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a hard comeback after that. So um, I want to tell you guys a little. I think you should probably know a little bit about me before we get too deep into this because you're going to have to trust me on some of this stuff, okay? And this is my very first ever arc experience. So I'm like the new adopted child to the arc family. Um, I've been friends with a lot of these guys for a long time and got to serve and work with them 
in different aspects. So this is the first time they've invited me. Hopefully it's not the last. I hope that what I say today doesn't get me run out of the family. But um, so we all use social media, right? And unfortunately, we use social media a lot of times uh, incorrectly. And you're like, well, how do you use it incorrectly? We know how to post. Yes, congratulations. Good job. Uh, But a lot of times, I think, in church, what we do is we confuse social media as a marketing tool, not a communication tool. And the reality is that anytime we are broadcasting from our social media, we're probably not building the environment that we we would love, right? So what social media is today is an extension of your brand and who you are. God created you to be a unique brand in your unique community to speak the dialect of that community. Um, and in a few minutes, we're going to talk about how that's kind of gotten convoluted. So um, story is the fuel that makes your social media really, really work. Now, I know you think that promoting Taco Tuesday is the fuel that makes your social media work, but it's not, okay? Stories are the fuel. And so what I really want to focus on today is talking about how do you tell your story? What's the story that God's given you for your community? And I'm going to tell you that through a few um, personal experiences that we had. So my wife and I, um, we live in Nashville. We love Nashville. It's home. Uh, I moved to Nashville in 1996. I was a senior in college, one semester to go, radio TV broadcast major. My parents went on a missions trip to Europe. And when they got back, I was like, hey, in two weeks, I'm moving to Nashville. And they were like, wow, you're going to drop out of college your senior year with one semester to go, move to Nashville. That sounds smart. <clears throat> and so I did. And then I went back and got my degree later, and I told my mom when I was graduating, I was like, Mom, a lot of people go to college for 10 years. Usually they're doctors, but I got a bachelor's degree in 10 years, so I feel like I won. But there, social media wasn't even a thing back then, right? Because I'm 29, if you didn't know this. Um, social media really wasn't a thing. And so my first, I, I went into music business and did a bunch of fun stuff in the music business, and then got hired at a church. And um, I was like, wow, we have the most amazing story, right? Every week, people come into our church, and they experience hope for the first time. They experience life change. They find out who God's called them to be. We put them through growth track, and they find their purpose, and they're, they're gifting. And then all we post on social media is, is pictures that look like Kanye West album covers from two records ago, right? And then we're, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, we have the best stories in the world. We have this, I, I was meeting the other day with a friend of mine. He, uh, he's a, um, he works for Spotify, and he does uh, social media marketing for Spotify, which if that's not like the best job ever, I don't know what it is. I mean, you can spend all the money in the world and they still have more. And so he was like, we were just talking about I was like, how do you market Spotify? Because it's just a, a digital platform. And he's like, man, we're constantly looking for artists to tell us stories. And I'm like, man, every week at church, we have stories to tell. And we have stories of the people in our church. We have story of the life of our church. We have life group stories. We have mission stories. We have um, multi-site stories. We have all of these stories. We have more stories than we know what to do with. But yet we don't do anything with them. And why? So I think why comes down to two things. Uh, the first one is we don't know the map to where we need to go. Right? So we haven't sat down and clarified with our boss or pastor or whomever we're responsible to 
what the end goal is. Where are we going? And then what's the map to get us there? So today I'm going to give you a map. And then, or the other thing is, we have become so paralyzed by comparison that we don't know how to tell our story anymore. And this is the part that, that uh, we're going to start with. So God gave you a, ne- a unique story, right? Um, I, I'm going to use an analogy because I was on the creative team, so visualizing helps me. We're all in the soda business, okay? You would never see Coca-Cola taking Pepsi and whoever the other competitor might be and figuring out, okay, we're going to take our social media and make it look just like theirs, right? Because Coke's going to tell their story, and then Pepsi's going to tell their story, and they all each have a unique brand and values that are unique to them. We're not in competition with other churches by any means, but what we do is we sit down and look at what other churches are doing, and then we just mimic it in our space, and it has no authenticity to who we really are. It's not authentic to our voice. It's not authentic to our calling, to our vision, to our mission. And as leaders, and each of you are leaders, if you're responsible for social media, congratulations. You are the the missionary to social media ministry. And now you have a responsibility to know how to do that ministry. And it stops. Your ministry starts the minute you stop copying other people. Okay? So I have friends at all of these churches that I'm going to mention. So I'm not, there is no hate. I love these people. Okay, but like um, my friends at Zoe and and Vu, they started this trend in social media of a certain kind of design that was 100 percent authentic to them in their community. And now I get on social media and every church from Des Moines to Dallas looks exactly the same. And I go, wow, we have we serve the creator of the universe, the ultimate artist who created all of us. If you don't believe in God's creativity, look around this room, it's filled with art. And yet we settle for imitating other things rather than creating from the place that God's called us to create from, to tell the story that he gifted you, right? If I went through here, and this is intimidating because every session is led by a pastor and I'm not a pastor. And so they're all like trained communicators. But if I go into each of those rooms and I ask those pastors, tell me the story of your church, they're going to be able to tell me clearly the story, how they got called, where they're, who they're called to, where they're going, what the vision is for the future, what three years from now looks like, five years, all of those things. Yet, if I pull up their social media, not theirs, the churches, it's going to feel like I'm looking at another church that I've seen five times. Now, so number one thing that you have to do. You have to define your unique voice, and then you have to share what that looks like, okay? There's a ton of tools. I'm going to give you my phone number and my website, and I'll help you get all the tools that you need, so I will give you all the practical next steps if you want. But your first job when you get home, after you do the other five things that Jerry told you to do, then you've got to start defining your story. Okay. What is the story of our church? Why did God call us to this community? If we left this community, why would this community be sad we weren't here? And start telling that story. Relentlessly telling that story. Okay, That removes the opportunity for you to imitate because at that point, you can't imitate a church in Miami or L.A. unless you live in Miami or L.A. Because those, the, the, the places are unique. So I had the opportunity to work um, on the team at Crosspoint. And we did a really good job with social media for a season. 
Um, we did such a good job that like, the New York Times called us and interviewed us about how we were using Snapchat to reach people for Jesus. And the one thing that the, the lady on the, on the other end of the phone told us when we finished the call, she was like, wow. She's like, you just know your story so well. And that's your number one job as, as a social media um, influencer in your organization. Know your story super well. The churches that are great on social media are telling their story super well. I have the privilege of working with um, Elevation. They tell their story really, really well. It's unique to them. It's, it's designed unique to them. It's articulated unique to them. They're very, very good at it. Um, so that's your job. That's your first job is figure out what's your story. Second job, what's your brand identity? Okay? You have a logo. You have a font. You have a color scheme. Use those in your storytelling, okay? Embrace your unique gift. Somebody at your church helped design a logo. Whether you like it or not, they did it, okay? And I suspect that they spent money on it, okay? So use what has been created for you as the, as the palette for your art, okay? Use the font package and, and tell your story uniquely there. That's going to break you through the clutter. The other thing it's going to do is every person who comes into your church and sees your, your church and your environment and your handouts and your screens and all that stuff, all of a sudden, they just identify your social brand when they pull up their social, your social media. It's going to connect back to that and make sense to them. Okay? Um, the, the, second, the, the, the third thing that you have to do is refuse to compare yourself. Now, here's what we all do, okay? Everyone in this room either serves at a church, on a volunteer team, or on a staff team, I would assume. And we go out and follow all of our favorite pastors and churches. And so our feed is like one-third other churches, and then like our friends, and then our family that posts like every three days. Um, and so when you're scrolling through, you're seeing all these other churches, and that's creating this anxiety that lives inside of you because you're like, wow, that's really cool. Wow, that's really cool. Wow, that's really cool. And you're, you're tempted at that point to start comparing yourself to them. And that's when you have to stop and go, wait, God gave me a, a unique story. We're going to tell that story. Here's something else to remember. The average person who attends your church attends your church 1.3 times a month. Okay? So 1.3 times a month they're visiting your church. You have a responsibility as the social media missionary to tell them what's happening in your church when they're not there. Okay. The, the other thing about those people is they might work at Home Depot. And so when, when the dude at Home Depot opens up his phone and starts flipping through, he looks at his favorite NFL team. He's got an ad from Budweiser. He's got um, his, his, his buddies from work. He's got his soccer friends. He doesn't have 400 other churches in his stream, okay? So because he doesn't have that, that anxiety that you feel, he's not feeling that anxiety. You're the only voice of hope in a stream of very complex situations, okay? So tell, share hope. Share a whole lot of hope. One of the things that we do with, when we're working with churches is we try to create a three-to-one ratio, we're going to deposit into the people's lives who are looking at our social media three times to every one time we ask them to do something. Okay, so we are not, if we ask you to come to church because we're giving out bomb pops, 
First off, bomb pops are not a compelling reason for people to come to church. But, but we do it all the time, right? We're like, oh, I got to post this so that more people show up. If you want a lot of people to show up, just give away free beer. Like, you'll have more people than you know to do it. And so, so, um, don't, so three to one is our ratio. We're going to encourage people. We are going to inspire people. We are going to disciple people three times to every one time we ask them to do something. Now, you don't have to stop at three. You can go to five, seven, nine, eleven, whatever it is. You got to know what that is. Okay. Next thing you need to do is you need to have a social calendar. You need to know the frequency of your posts. Okay. If you post five things on one day and then don't touch Facebook again for like a week, I hate to tell you this, Facebook just buried you. All right. There, they, there's algorithms in all of these social networks. You have to be intentional with your algorithms. So if you go to my website, it's stephenbrewster.me, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-B-R-E-W-S-T-E-R.me. And you go to the free section. There's a thing there called a social map. Okay, I'm going to break this down for you really quick. So most of you probably are like, I have to post one thing every day. I don't know 30 things to post about my church, right? And I know that even if I schedule 30 things to post, my pastor's going to call me and be like, yo, we've got to talk about Taco Tuesday. And you're like, that guy at the conference was like, no Taco Tuesday posts now. What do I do? So, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to accomplish both goals, okay? First, you're going to have a social map. So when you download this, this uh, if you go to the free section, you go to the social map, just download it. I'm not going to like spam you with a bunch of junk. I don't have anything to sell, unfortunately. Um, so, um, so you're going to download a social map. And what a social map is going to do is you're going to identify the top 12 to 15 things that your church should be talking about. Okay, These are the vision points of your church. So we're a multi-site church. I'm, I'm giving you examples. You do not have to use these. Okay, We're a multi-site church. Um, we want you to listen to our podcast on Mondays. Uh, we have a student ministry. We have an amazing kids ministry. We do outreach every week at these places. Um, and you're going to start creating a list. These are all the things we do. And so let's say your list goes from 1 to 15. All right? Then you're going to say, okay, what are three images that go with number 1? What are three images 2, 3, 4 to 15? Now, what are three pieces of copy that I can use? 1 through 15. Okay? I just created for you 45 days worth of content that you'll put together in about an hour and a half. And if you use Hootsuite, you can put it into an Excel document, upload that to Hootsuite, and they will schedule the post. You can schedule all the posts straight from the, the Excel sheet. Okay, so you're welcome. I just gave you the best gift I could ever. I saved you like a week's worth of work, okay? Here's what else I've created for you. Constant vision. That's 15 posts that are not going to ask anybody to do anything. Right now, all of a sudden, you don't have to worry about, what am I going to post? It's Friday morning. I didn't post anything yet. If anyone at the church sees that I didn't post, I'm going to get a text message. It's going to be awful. So I've just created you 15. And, and you literally take that. Run it 1 to 15, then run it again, 1 to 15. This is going to destroy your ego. But people do not remember what you post. Okay? So if you post... If you have three different images, that means you might post the same image like every 45 days. Now, I would suggest you keep your images updated so you only post the same image once. 
But you can use the same copy. They're definitely not going to remember that. And you know when I swap out this picture for the podcast, I'm just going to switch it out with a different picture for the podcast. But I know I'm promoting the podcast every 15 days. It's going to post, right? So that's Facebook. That's Instagram. Take the exact same list that you just created, reverse it, and run it on Facebook backwards. So you start with number 15 and you work your way to number one. So now I just saved you more time because now I gave you Instagram and Facebook what you're going to post for 45 days. Because you're going to post the exact same thing. And why do you do that? Because we, we preach the same thing all the time. It's the gospel. We're sharing the stories. Okay, now if you want your social media to get really good, inside of your 15 things, identify three to five that are just going to be storytelling. This is the story of someone who we served. This is someone whose life's changed. This is someone who uh, found purpose in a community, in a, in, a, in a life group. Everyone who walks to the doors of your church are looking for one of two things, purpose and community, okay? They find purpose by being connected to something bigger than themselves, which we know is Jesus. They find community when they do life together, which is in community groups or serving on a team. Purpose and community. So everything we do should be about purpose and community. Um, now, then once you do that, the next thing that you have to do is speak the language of the platform. Okay? So in order to speak the language of the platform, you've got to understand what is happening on each platform. Now, none of you probably have time to figure that out. So that lady who likes every single post on Facebook, she just became your Facebook volunteer. Right? The person who comments on every one of your Instagram posts, they just became your Instagram volunteer. Okay, now you're saving more time in your life. Because remember, churches, churches that are growing and doing amazing things, they're not hiring ministers to do things. They're hiring ministers to develop people. Okay, so now you're developing somebody who's running Instagram for you, and you're giving them oversight. Okay? Tell your story, tell your story, tell your story through all those platforms. Now, but we don't know. Where do we ever find this many stories? Every week, you send out an email to everyone that works at your church and every volunteer leader. Tell me one story of something that happened this weekend. You're going to get about, the first week, you'll get about three or four emails back. Then the second week, you'll get about five or six. And then when they, people start seeing those stories on platforms, they're going to be like, hey, I want you to tell you about this because I want to share what happened with my team. And all of a sudden, your Evernote starts to fill up with stories. Most of you are probably in really healthy, great organizations where your pastors are telling stories all the time or it's sharing emails that they get, etc. in staff meetings. Grab those stories from them and use them in your, on your social media. Okay? So the language of each platform, um, the easy way to look at it is ma- Facebook is a magazine article. Instagram is the illustration. Twitter's the headline. Instagram stories and Snapchat is the documentary. Okay, so when you approach your social media that way, it changes editorially how you in- influence people through those platforms. Okay, so Facebook, you can write a lot, and people will actually read it and share it. Um, Instagram, your, your photos have to be on point. Okay? When I can scroll through and see ridiculous stuff all the time. You've got to make sure that your photography is going to be good and your design is going to be good. Now, if it's not, there are ways around it. Um, there's a ton of great organizations that will share their images with you. That's seasonal to put a Band-Aid on the issue. You have a responsibility to find a photographer in your church and develop them so that they can tell your story. 
right? So if I end up seeing all y'all sharing the same pictures, I'm going to start calling y'all and be like, hey, where's your volunteer that's taking pictures? That's whack. Um, so um, uh, Twitter headlines. Now, most of you are like, I don't even have time to mess with Twitter. Here's a hack. If this, then that, the website, so I think it's ifttt.com. They have a recipe on there. If you hook your Instagram account, this is the only place you're allowed to cross-pollinize accounts. If you hook your Instagram account up to your Twitter account, it will natively post your Instagram photos on Twitter, and that will keep your Twitter slightly alive. Well, it's, I mean, most of you, it's probably on life support already. So we're going to just keep it alive for a couple more days to see if somebody buys it and does something cool with it. But don't let it go because that's your handle. That's, that's your entity. So you don't want it. You, you need to own it no matter what. Um, the other thing that, that I wanted to talk to you about today is how are you using developing media socially to make a difference? Um, you need to be live streaming on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Video on all these platforms helps your algorithm rating rise. So the more video that you use and the more live streaming that you do, the more engagement that you're going to get. I have earth-shattering news. Everyone who follows you does not see every post that you post. And so when we sit down and create a marketing plan, we're like, we're going to promote Taco Tuesday five days in a row leading up to Tuesday. People might only see it once unless you start intentionally hacking your algorithm. Here's how you intentionally hack your algorithm. You make social media social. Respond to every single person who writes anything about you. If they write amen, you write, wasn't that great? Like every response needs a response. If I was at a party and we were friends, which we're friends, but if like I really knew who you were and who I was, and I was standing there like this. Better yet, if I was in the lobby and I was the pastor of your church and I was standing there and people walked up and they said, hey pastor, how are you doing? Right? Like, that's how we would act. But we do it on social media every single day. Every day, somebody's commenting on our social media. They're sending us a DM or a message or commenting in our posts or sharing something that we've posted. And then, and we don't say anything to them. So we're the rude pastor dude at the, in the lobby not paying attention to where our communities are. Okay? So we have to know that. Um, the next thing is... I want to give you some homework that every one of you goes home and you find the social platforms that represent the community that you live in. Whether it's, so for, I'm gonna give you an example for me in Nashville, Tennessee, okay? So in Nashville, Tennessee, I follow like C Nashville, uh, Franklin, Franklin, Tennessee, uh, Visit Nashville, um, Williamson County, something or other on Instagram. And so I, I literally go in and find all of the, the accounts that are speaking to the people in our community. And I go follow them. And you want to know why? They're telling the story of our community. And the same person that goes to Target or Starbucks, earth-shattering news, comes to your church. If, we, if these companies are using social media to speak to the people in your community, they've spent thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars on consumer behavior. Let's bootleg that. All right, let's, let's study what they're doing, not what the church down the street's doing, so that we can learn from what they're doing so that we can incorporate their thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars into our world so that we can communicate well with the same person they're trying to reach. Okay, so 
you got to go home and follow some people that you don't currently follow that are in your community talking about your community. Um, the last thing before I want to make sure we have time. Yeah, before we jump into some questions, Q&A. Um, dissect the voice of your organization. Your pastor has some things that he says that makes it unique to him. They're his uh, little pastoral um, axioms. You, you have some culture values in your organization. Express those culture values in your language on social media. So I'll give you an example. We, we would talk all the time at Crosspoint. Every volunteer, from the first time volunteer to the senior pastor, we knew that our values are the rules of engagement for every single person that's on our team. And so one of our values was believe the best. And so what that meant was that no matter what happened, I was going to believe that your intentions were right, even if your actions didn't support that. And then I'd have a conversation with you about it. Or another one was, um, uh, we're going to give ministry back. So that, what that meant was, as leaders, we were not going to hog ministry. We were going to give it to as many people as we could so that other people could do the ministry. So anytime we would post something about serving, hashtag give ministry back. Anytime we post something about excellence, Hashtag set the table. All of a sudden, now your um, your your language is repeating what your your content and your church is all about. Um, and then all of a sudden, now your culture starts to get a little bit more tangible for people because they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Last thing: Who should your social media be for? Um, I don't know about you, but if my friends call me and say, "Hey, we're gonna go out to dinner tonight. We're gonna go to this new restaurant. It's called Edge." What's the first thing I do? I go on Instagram and see what the food looks like at Ash, right? So if I invite you as my neighbor, and I'm like, hey, would you come to church with me? Yeah, what's that in your church? Eastside. Oh, awesome. Eastside. Guess what they're doing the minute you walk away from the door? What does the Eastside look like? What should I wear? How should I, what should I expect? How should I dress? Your social media is 60% external, 40% internal focused. Okay. Now we confuse it a lot of times because we're uh, we go, oh, I've got to get like this is our communication tool, but it's not really. This is our broadcast tool to everyone who attends, so that they'll come back to our next thing. Social media doesn't make people come back to the next thing. Community and purpose makes people come back to the next thing. So the more community and purpose you create, the more your social media becomes the flag and the banner for that in the community because a lot of people in your community are desperate for purpose and community. However, they don't know where to find it. And your social media gets to be the front door to open up for them what that is. Cool? Awesome. So any questions that you guys have? Yes. Um, I'm trying to hand off the social media to a volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to hand off our social media to a volunteer yeah. as soon as possible, but I'm trying to write a policy for that. What should that consist of? Okay, so you're asking the wrong guy because I was on the creative team. So I don't know if you heard, but as a creative team, we pretty much don't have any policies. Um, I'm 100%. Honestly, though, like all joking aside, and that was a little bit like slightly a joke, um, I, I wouldn't go super hard on policy. I would rather rein someone back then create the sandbox around them that I have to continually change because every week social media changes. And what you do and how you do it changes, how the algorithm works changes. So you need, part of your ministry is paying attention to what's happening in that space. Um, but 
if you are not, so I would give them some very loose guidelines. Like, don't curse. Uh, don't post, like, anything really bad. Like, that loose. And then slowly rein them back in if it gets out of control. And, and the, the first thing I would say is when you define the target really, really well, you don't need a policy as much. Because the target's so well defined that they know I gotta do exactly this to get to that person. So I know that's not the right answer, but Pastor Chris has a lot of great policies at um, Church of the Highlands. They probably have one. So you could reach out to them if you if you're desperate for a policy. Yes, ma'am. You gotta speak in the microphone because they're recording, I think. Is there a um, on how, how much is too much to post, like per day, per week? Um, it's probably on the calendar you're talking about, but you know, most people look at social media like this. Mm-hmm. So is, is there a limit? That's great. Time? That's a good question. There's no limit, but be, be sensitive to the platform. Okay? So I would say I would be concerned if you posted when you hear this, you're going to be like, that's a lot. Trust me. That, Your target should be two to three times a day on Facebook, two to three times a day on Instagram, eight to 12 times a day on Twitter. The average life expectancy of a tweet is seven minutes at this point. Seven minutes. That's how fast it disappears. It never disappears, but it disappears from people's feeds that quick. So... I would say eight to 12 times a day on Twitter. And and you can build to that. So if right now you're like once a week on each platform, don't be like, I'm out, I quit, I'm not doing anything he just said because I'll never get to that place. That's cool. Do what you can do. But the, the biggest thing is consistency. And then pay attention to your analytics. Look when people on your, in Instagram, you can go in and look at your analytics. On Facebook, you can do this as well. Look when people are paying attention to your stories and your posts the most. And then start posting, scheduling your posts at those times um, so that you can get the most out of those moments. So, but, I mean, I would start with a baseline of once a day. If you're not posting at least once a day, you're, you're going to under-index the platform. And you're, not, you're, you're never going to create the engagement that you really want. And what we care about is we care a whole lot more about engagement than we do about the number of followers. Number of followers is a vain statistic that doesn't matter. I can have a thousand followers and they're super engaged and outperform someone with a hundred thousand followers that are purchased and not engaged. So don't worry about your, your number. Your number will grow as your content gets better. Yes, sir. So we're going to go to this guy next. Um, so, oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. So, I like that um, jacket too. Oh, thank you. Um, so uh, you mentioned about like content in terms of like live stream. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Um, uh, what kind of content in specific would? Uh, yeah, so. that's awesome. Okay, so a couple things that are really fun to do. Um, Sunday morning. I mean, Sundays obviously you're going to stream everything you can stream. On Mondays, stream a recap. Uh, on Monday mornings or Monday evenings, Tuesday mornings, have your your kids ministry leader jump on and do a live stream talking about what kids learned on Sunday morning. On Thursday morning, have the youth pastor do the same thing about what we talked about in student ministry the night before. Social media is a phenomenal way to extend Sunday content through to Saturday, right? So we're gonna keep as many times as we can repeating that message 
so that we're slowly building momentum towards where we're going. Um, anytime you're doing a, uh, a special event at your church, have a host. And, and if you do it really well, you end up with a host who's probably a volunteer who's hosting all of these live platforms. And it can be the same person on all of them, and you can do them simultaneously. But start thinking. You have the responsibility to think as a content creator. They, someone handed you the password to the Instagram account, and congratulations, you became a broadcaster. So you have to start thinking about, as a content creator, what is going to be compelling to my audience. You may not know at first, and you're probably going to fail a few times. Congratulations. That's awesome. You learn a whole lot more when you fail than when you succeed, right? And so let's figure out what works for our community that's unique to our story and our, our, our viewers and listeners and followers and create around that. So. Yes, sir. Hey, I, uh, so I actually am a digital marketing consulting back um, And I can hold it. I emphasize like, everything that you said. It's really cool. Um, would you be able to speak as well um, what the relationship looks like with SEO and then also with sponsor content? Mm-hmm. Um, one where, how that looks uh, specifically for churches? Yeah. So um, SEO is, we're going to go right, right here next, and then we'll come to the side. You have not forgotten. I am, I am with you. Okay. Uh, SEO is super complex. Um, so the the best that you can the, the best thing to do would be uh, shooting an email, and I'll walk you through some SEO stuff. There's a ton of resources online to help you clarify and clean up your SEO so that you can start to rank. And if you don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. So it's how when people put you into their uh, it's funny that you bring this up because I'm actually in the middle of a major SEO battle in my personal brand. There's this other Steve Brewster, and uh, he's like this dude who lives in like Austria, and he's a doctor, like a psychologist. So he's super way smarter than me, and he's paying somebody. And like literally, like one week, I was I had like this um, these amazing SEO stats, and like two weeks later, you couldn't find me on Google. I, I got buried, and I was like. Whoa. I got to eat off of this now. I got to figure this out. And so I have a ton of resources I can share with you, but to get into it is a little bit complex and not have a computer kind of walk you through it. So, but you need to be paying attention to it. So let me help you or hire my my friend right here and he can knock it out for you Uh, because he's going to be way better at SEO than I am. Um, The second part of your question was sponsor content. So I would not boost your content on Facebook. Uh, or on Instagram. It's easy, and you go like, it's so tempting. They tell me for $20, I can boost this post. And you're like, I just want to push the button, but you can't. You're, you're going to create better uh, engagement with your content when you're intentional with how you market the content you've already created. So what I would do is, if you're trying to reach somebody with a message that's uh, a first-timer's type message, Come to our church, visit our podcast, check out our website, those kind of things. Go go ask your assimilation team to give you the last six months worth of email addresses for every person who uh, was it was their first time. Go into Facebook Ad Manager and create a lookalike audience based off of those email addresses. And then market that same piece of content on Instagram and Facebook to that lookalike audience. As opposed to just pressing the boost button and praying that it works. Because it'll work. I mean, they'll give you some analytics that show you that like it reached people, 
but it's just reaching people. It's not reaching targeted people. It's not reaching the people that you really are looking to reach, right? And, and a lot of the time, it's going to reach other church people because that's who follows your page. And so, so uh, that's how I would approach sponsored content as much as I can. Yes, ma'am. Would you be able to just repeat how you said you got people to share their story on Instagram? I know you said just have them repeat their story or share people's story and what people want to share. Mm-hmm. So it's pixie dust. You just like rub your hands together and hope it works. <laughs> um, so what you do is your organization, the fuel of your organization, the fuel of the vision of your organization is, is stories. You guys share stories internally all the time, right? And so every time you hear a story, your job is to be like the news reporter that's like, oh, that happened in that ministry, I need to go tell that story. And so we started at Crosspoint by sending out an email every Monday morning to all of our ministry leads and volunteer leads, and literally it was like a three-sentence email. Thank you for serving this past weekend. You're the, the reason that our church is succeeding the way it is. Something happened in your ministry this week. We would love to hear about it. Please email us back the story that happened this weekend. And all of a sudden we just started getting stories in. And then that coupled with paying attention to the conversations that were happening in our space, we were like, oh, that's a great story. We need to tell that. And some of them you're going to tell on video because they're super compelling. Some of them you're going to tell like just as a, um, as a written thing on, on Instagram or Facebook. Sometimes you have a picture to go with it. Sometimes you won't. But the more collateral you can put with the story, the better it's going to perform. Any questions on this side? Yes, sir. Then we'll come right here. He was quick to the draw. <laughs> So um, we had this conversation a little bit when Vero came out. Yeah. Um, and I think it really applies across the board. With new social medias coming out and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter basically having like, the like, monopoly on it, it seems like the lifespan of the new social medias that come out is always very short. How um, on top of it do you think we should be with our organizations to getting our handles to get involved in those new social medias, even though they probably won't last? Yeah, so... It's funny. They may not last, or they might. So your job as the the missionary of social media is the minute a new platform comes out, you're going to grab your handle so that you keep consistency. Now, you may not do anything with it for six months because you might want to sit back and see what happens, but your job is to make sure you grab that and own it. Um, and then experiment with it before you start to um, promote it. Like, no one has to know that you have an account, so you can start to, like goof around and see how it works. Um, it's interesting. So Snapchat is about to get purchased again. And when they do, I suspect a lot of innovation is going to happen around it and it's going to become a bigger player. Now, what's very interesting is if your church, if your student ministry doesn't have a Snapchat account, they're missing about 70% of the kids that they're trying to communicate with. Like kids can't even get social functions put together without Snapchat anymore. Uh, so you need to be paying attention. Like we all gave up on it because it, because Instagram opened up stories and we were like, cool, I'm out. But Snapchat's real and it's still moving a, an entire generation. And they're going to age into the next thing. So make sure you're paying attention to that stuff. And Snapchat's not that you have to take your clothes off app anymore. Like you can do other things on it as well. So I know you, some of you are grateful for that. You talk about it being our responsibility as a creative team to develop people and find 
find volunteers and find photographers. What advice would you give a startup church that is lacking in volunteers and lacking in a creative team? What advice would you give in building a creative yeah. team? Yeah, so I work with a lot of those churches. Yeah. And um, so I think the principles still remain the same, okay? So even your startup church, you have, a, I would guess, at least 15 people showing up on the weekends. So... One person is going to be liking more of your content on each platform than anybody else who's not a staff member. So as soon as that person identifies himself unknowingly, raises their hand by liking and interacting with your content a lot, you just found a volunteer for that platform. Now, they may not be great at it, and it goes back to my man's question over here about policy. They might not be great at it, but early on, you're going to be the training wheels that get them going. And you're giving them a place to, to do what they do. And so you're not always looking for you're not looking for that social media expert or icon in your community. Like, if that person doesn't have twelve thousand followers, how are we going to ever turn over our account with one hundred and twenty? Well, it doesn't matter. If you are responsible for the, the, the information. They're responsible for the execution. Yeah. And so your job is just to find somebody who can execute and then develop them. Photographers are a little different, a little bit different, a little more difficult. So I, what I would do if I was in your shoes is while you're looking for photographers, I would hire a local wedding photographer or someone who does photography in your community, whether they go to your church or not, and invite them to come in two, three weeks in a row and just take an enormous amount of photos. And give them a template of these are the kind of pictures I'm looking for. This is what I need to be able to – these are the stories I need to tell. I need pictures of kids. I need pictures of people in the lobby. I need pictures of, of what worship looks like. I need pictures of what – they don't know what worship is. Pictures of what the music part looks like. Pictures of what, of what the motivational talk looks like. And, and Because they don't know any of our language, so they're like, worship, this is weird. Like, you guys are going to like sacrifice the animals. So, so – Give them a very clear list, and, and it's worth the $200 that you're going to pay them to come in for a weekend and give you a stockpile of photos that you can use for a season, right? And, and then hopefully somebody starts seeing those photos, and they're like, where would you get these pictures? I take pictures. Do you? Great. Congratulations. You just got a full-time job. <laughs> the pay is nothing. <laughs> cool. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. You mentioned something about three things that you would share in your post three times for every one time you ask them to do something. And I got encouraged and inspired. What was the last one? Oh, gosh. Now I can remember. No, I'm just kidding. What was that? Disciple. I forgot which word I used. And then also, what was the website you mentioned for Sigma Instagram and Facebook? Hootsuite? Oh, uh, if this, then that. So IFTTT.com. I think that's it. If that's not it, somebody can correct me. But... So, another question? Right back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get talking to a number of different platforms, but you know, if somebody found themselves getting, getting overwhelmed, uh, what would you say that the best one to focus on? Like, is it based on the community or is it based on well, demographic? Probably a little bit demographical, but um, I hate Facebook. But if you took every platform away from me, I want Facebook. Because the, the largest demographic on Facebook is 55 to 64. 
Second largest is like, I forget the, the first number, it's in the early 30s to 45 or something like that. So that's the core for the family, the church is trying to reach families. If my church was all millennials, I would want Snapchat and Instagram. Um, so you have to kind of navigate. I don't think, I think that regardless of the size of your church, Facebook and Instagram are manageable if you're intentional with how you do it. If you use a social map and you you can figure out how to block out two hours a week or a month, I mean, two hours a month to schedule your content. Now, your Sunday content's gonna be different because Sundays, you've got a ton of stories that you're gonna share. You're gonna share what's happening at your church and a quote from the message and all that fun stuff. So, because you're extending your content throughout the week, but I would, yeah. And you can use, on Sundays, you can get away with using the same content on both platforms. So, yes, sir. Two for one day. It's a good jacket discount. <laughs> um, so another question that I got that kind of popped up was um, what would be uh, in terms of like promoting events for our church like um, like Easter services or Christmas or just anything that's going on conferences um, what we would normally do as staff is that we would have like say some content for it that all of us would post along with um, those you know the same post on uh, on our Instagram our main Instagram church Instagram but is there like another way that we Yes, can there's another them? way. There's a better way. <laughs> because here's what happens. That person that follows everyone that works at your church because they're like the, either they're the all-in person or the almost all-in person, they're like, wow. We have, like, everything's exactly the same. That typo is the same in every single one of these posts. <laughs> oh, that's just me? Okay. Um, so, so what I like to do... And it is, I would create an email that I sent out to the entire staff. Here's one stock image. Here's one stock quote or uh, copy, piece of copy. If you do not have anything else, use this. However, here's two or three other images. I would love to tell you to tell your personal experience with this event and why it's compelling for someone who follows you to show up. And let them make it their own. And the minute that that story becomes their own, all of a sudden people are like, oh yeah, I'll check that out. And if you tell people, like, don't post until 3 o'clock, literally at 3.01, the next five posts are all the same exact thing. And so then at that point, you've wasted the post because what you hope is that hits people every day. Because in marketing, there's this thing called the rule of sevens. It takes seven impressions with something before someone will actually act on it. So you're not going to get all seven of those in the exact same moment. So let's space them out a little bit so that we can get... And when people tell their personal story of how they're affected by what we do as a church, it makes it compelling for others like them. Yes, sir. Here you go. I'll just get right So what's a good way of getting staff involved, whether it's subscriptions on YouTube? Is it even important to get those seven extra YouTube subscriptions or follows on you know, your church Instagram? How do you create the culture within your staff so that leaders and then volunteers and so on and so forth also kind of participate? Good question. Uh, it has to be a value for your leaders. Is it important to have every every subscription? Yes. Because seven is seven closer to 1,000, seven closer to 10,000, and seven closer to a million. Right? And in YouTube is a phenomenal platform. So YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, owned by the first largest search engine in the world, which we all live on, Google. And so if I'm somebody in your community and I Google how do I get a divorce? 
and a video pops up that says, divorce isn't your answer. And it's the message from our relationship series where our pastor delivered this phenomenally compelling content of why a family should stay together. I might go watch that video because the last thing I really want to do is get a divorce, but I might, I mean, y'all ain't met my wife. Sometimes she's tripping. So like there's those moments when you're like, wait, I don't know if this is going to work out. Um, and so I'm just kidding. She's amazing. Um, don't play this for her. Because uh, she is pretty phenomenal actually. Um, so, but now all of a sudden, because I tag things right in my, in my YouTube channel and I created ways back to that content, now I'm actually interacting with somebody who's about to, and they may not even live in your city. They might live in a whole different city and now, and the, and the thing, and I'll get to your question really quick, but the way the world's changing, okay? Social media is cute right now. We're having a cute conversation that's giggly about social media. The truth is digital church is three years away from being the epicenter of how we do what we do, okay? Right now, we invite everybody to come to our box, and they come 1.3 times a month. That number's not going up. And so what we have to do as a, as a, a community of believers is figure out how does this pillar content that we create every Sunday in our church extend into people's lives through Alexa, through Instagram, through our podcast, beyond just we put up the podcast of the message and we gave no next steps on how people get connected because people are looking for purpose and community. And so we've got to think through as a digital platform, all of these ways are how people are going to consume your content in the next five years. And so get ahead of it. Start, and, and, you, and to how you get people involved is you start to put a premium on it. Every time you do something, hey, make sure you subscribe to our channel. It's funny, most humans are like cattle. You're like, what? No, it's true. They'll go where you tell them to go. If you herd them towards something, they'll do it. If you don't believe me, the next time your pastor has one of those goofy little uh, Instagram posts where he like talks on his camera about inviting people to church, have him ask him to have people tag someone who should go with them in the comments and share the post on Facebook. And watch how that one goofy post outperforms all your other posts for shares. Because we asked somebody to do something. And so we're basically one stray bullet away from being in and out. Because we're just cattle. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so we have on our team all of our staff to Can you send me the ones that are inappropriate? Because I really, really uh, like I want to see that. That would be amazing. I would love it. So, you know, uh, I, I, like I, I've had the, the God's been very gracious in my life to allow me to work with a lot of really fun churches, and we always end up creating a policy for one or two people. And so, I would encourage you. Part of leadership is having hard conversations. I would way rather you go have a uh, awkward conversation with someone and encourage them to use more wisdom and maybe even disciple or coach them through why they're posting something like that in the first place. Usually when people post weird stuff, it's a cry for attention. 
which means there's an identity issue somewhere tied up inside of them. They're, they're not finding their purpose in Christ. They're finding it through something else. So I would actually be more concerned about the poster than they're seeing the post, right? And so I would want to get to the heart of what's going on in that person's life as opposed to if somebody saw them doing something that was... I mean, if they're like doing really bad stuff, send it to me, and then ask them to take it down, okay? Um, just because I am so, like, I'm so interested in, like, like the social process of why people get there, how they get there, but I digress. Um, so, I, I would just go have the conversation. What you don't want to do is you don't want to pour water on the, the passion fire that's burning. We want people to post. We want them to be we want them to care so much about the church that they will serve in and the message of our church that we are going to make sure that we give them fuel, not put their gas out. Cool. Guys, I think we're out of time. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I want to give you one thing. I want to give you my phone number. Don't call me because I never answer and I don't have a voicemail. But if you text me, if there's anything I can do to help you or you didn't get anything that you needed, I want to help you out. So 615 615- Four five seven seven two six one. Now you're gonna have to tell me your name. I'm not. I don't have that spiritual gift that I can see your number and connect it to you. Tell me your name. Remind me that we met here. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for letting me speak into your life a little bit. Bruce, really quick, can you give us your, um, you give us your email or your web address again? Yes. Uh, so my Instagram and and Twitter is b underscore r e w s t e r. And then my uh, website is Stephen with a PH, like the Bible version, or Stefan if you're my grandmother. Uh, Brewster, B R E W S T E R dot M E. Me. Can we give it up for Brewster one more time? So here's what needs to happen. The minute we're done, you guys need to swarm him. Or everyone needs to get on your phone and text him immediately. Here's why. You need to have five to eight guests in your service for every hundred people you have on average every single week. Or your church is in decline. And the single greatest way after personal invite that people are coming to your church is through social media. So he just gave you the second most powerful tool to succeed in your mission for Christ. So you love this man, you need this man, <laughs> make sure you connect with him. Let's give it up for Bruce. Bruce, thank you so much. We're going to close in prayer really quick because we did open in prayer and we're pastors and then we're going to cut you loose. <laughs> Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of technology. Lord, we never want to uh, take lightly the tools you put in our hands. Lord, we know that these tools, their environments, their opportunities for us to raise up and equip your people to be powerful ministers for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to use every tool you've placed at our disposal well with excellence for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Thanks for coming, guys.